Hi, everybody. My name is Danny Grant. I'm an artist, and this is my podcast. Uh, this is a place where I interview and talk shop with other artists to kind of try to get an inside look into their daily studio life as an artist. Um, hopefully through these conversations and interviews, um, I can kind of compile a best practices for artists in the studio. Um, you know, our, our conversations are going to range wider than than just what people do in the studio on a daily basis, but that is something that I want to get into with each artist that I talk about. Um, and then, you know, you know, I want to leave it open to um, certainly talking about other aspects of, of being an artist, anything that, that goes along with um, what artists deal with um, in their careers and how they make money and uh, all, everything. Uh, I'm interested in all of it. So thank you for listening. And I am very excited to have artist Scott Waddell be the very first guest on my show. Um, I've been lucky enough to get to know Scott uh, pretty well over the last few years. I've hosted um, some workshops for him here in Austin, Texas, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, he, he's just an artist that I really admire. He's got a ton of integrity, which you uh, get to hear in this interview, and I think he's just really carved out a cool career for himself. Um, so I, I'm excited uh, for everybody to hear this interview. So enjoy. All right. So I'm here with artist Scott Waddell. Scott, thank you for being my very first guest on this podcast. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you having me, Danny. It's good to be here. <clears throat> no problem, man. Uh, let's see. I guess real quick, um, I'll just give a little introduction about when we met. Um, sure. I was at Water Street. I think it was 2008 you started. Well, no, you started teaching there a little bit sooner, but then I showed up in 2008, I guess. Well, you were at Water um, Street, right? Oh, right, right, right. So I was at Water Street, and then we went over to Grand Central, and um, so that's when we met. Yeah, and I... You know, I loved your work, and then you became like quickly became probably my favorite instructor there. So, oh man, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, can I actually interject real quick there? Because I just had a yeah. question. So, I I studied at G, uh, sorry Water Street until uh -huh. 2006. I think yeah. like April 2006. When did you actually start at Water Street? Because you started not that long after I left. Yeah. So I started in. Um, October, I think. Yeah. Oh, the same. Two thousand six, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then you and you were like, you know, kind of a this like legend who had <laughs> had just passed. Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. I think I was more notorious for all the dumb things I did, like using <laughs> acrylic white paint with all oil colors. Yeah. Well, there were stories about you going to, uh, you know, Rite Aid and getting all of your pencils. Right, and, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sad. Cool, man. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Um, I wanted to kind of get into what it looks like for you to be in the studio every day and just kind of um, your life as an artist. At least from my perspective, um, you know, I think you're probably one of the most successful artists that are kind of in this 
this atelier scene, you know, that's kind of out there, like really doing it. Um, but, you know, you are doing it in a, in a different way, and I want to talk about that, too. But first, um, you know, one thing I think that, that's really interesting to me when I talk to other artists is their just the, their kind of daily schedule. Um, can you kind of give us a rundown of what your week generally looks like? I know it changes kind of yeah. often. I think it does for all of us. But what, what's a general week kind of day-to-day look like for you? Um, yeah, uh, like you said, it changes, and it um, these days seems to change mostly um, in relation to uh, the kids' schedule. And this is my son just finished kindergarten. This was his first summer vacation, and uh, my daughter's still in preschool um, for you know one part of the week. So, you know, every season you know sort of heralds in a new adjustment. And so this summer, yeah. you know, was a totally different schedule than ever before. Um, but yeah, I, I think most recently it went something like this. I, I would, uh, start painting, or my painting week rather, would start on Sunday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday was sort of my, you know, uninterrupted sort of chunk of time that I mostly, um, devote to painting. Uh, that's still true. It'll change here in a week or two when he goes back to school. So I'd have that chunk of the week that, you know, I'd go to the studio and really try to, you know, get as much done as I possibly could. Um, then I'd have another, um, maybe one to two nights um, a week where um, I would also paint, but that could change depending on my wife's schedule, kid's schedule, and things like that. Um, right. So those three days and then two, you know, at best two uh, separate nights in which I could go into the studio and paint. And then the rest of the week sort of changes. You know, I have, uh, I'm with the kids a lot uh, throughout that um, rest of the week. Um, Thursday is a real office day for me. And I really try to catch up on email. Um, I do my mm-hmm. online mentoring. Um, I also have like all the other stuff that goes on along with, you know, getting a video ready. You know, I, I'm on the schedule, yearly schedule, right. where I try to produce a video every year. So I kind of yeah. know where in the year I need to be on that project. And so right now I'm in this mode where it's like i got to finish the paintings. I, I, by October 1st, I want to be done with the paintings, done filming okay. them. And so a lot of times um, on Thursdays, you know, I'm uh, beginning to edit the, you know, mountain of footage, which is the most right. monotonous thing in the world, looking at like 100 hours of your hand <laughs> slowly ent- yeah. entering into a frame and doing barely anything at all. Uh, and you're, go ahead. sorry to cut in, but no, you, no. you're, so when when you're recording, you're recording the entire painting process, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much want to give myself the option yeah, okay. when you talk about a mountain of stuff to uh, to edit, I can imagine when you're kind of just sitting down to paint and hitting record, yeah, that truly is a mountain of work to, it's insane. to get through. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I really enjoy doing it. I mean, I you know I, that's not my favorite thing to edit. I mean, admittedly, and of course, it's really boring when you're just watching your hand enter, enter into a frame. But I, I love the whole process of post production. Um, yeah, and you know, make it, like I particularly like it after. I've sort of whittled it down to, you know, usable shots, and then it's about making the flow work and all that yeah. stuff is really fun. But, no, it's, it's so much because not only do you have all the footage of, uh, you know, my painting being made, which it could be depending on the painting, and I always do – I typically do more than one painting per video. That wasn't true right. in the last one, but usually that's the case. And so, um, you know, each painting could be like anywhere from 50 to 80 to 100 hours of footage – and, you know, that's including all these ridiculous times when I just forget to turn the camera off and there's some, like, 40-minute <laughs> shot where I went into the house for lunch, you know. Um, right. But, uh, 
But then <laughs> add to that, I mean, basically have to double that because then the palette is being filmed the whole time. Um, yeah. It's not as dramatic as that because you sync those two things up and you can cut back and forth and all that stuff. But, right. um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of stuff. It's definitely the most overwhelming part of the whole process. Doing the painting, oddly enough, painting stressful, but it's out of this whole process, it's the least stressful part. Um, yeah. It's really, well, it's probably the part that sort of just kind of comes most natural, I well, guess. True. Right? Yeah, it's definitely the one that you know I feel. Right, exactly. Well, exactly, because you know when it comes to the um, stuff on the computer, and I, I'm decent at computers. I, I can't take one apart and rebuild it, but um, I know my way around, and so I can. If sure. something happens, which it always does, every video production is marked by some catastrophe, hard drive crashing, some you know ridiculous, yeah. horrible thing happening to my computer. Um, but uh, but it's so stressful because that feels so unknown. It, it's very rare. I'm not saying my paintings turn out good mm -hmm. <laughs> by any means, but in terms of the painting process, I can usually find my way out of a problem. Like it rarely happens where I'm painting and I'm like, well, I don't, I've, right. never, I've never seen that before. But that happens yeah. all the time on the computer. You know, yeah. like how many times has right. something popped up on your computer and it's like, you know, execution failed five period nine seven yeah, no. and you look that up in google and it doesn't exist as a thing no one's had that right. problem before you're the first computer <laughs> you're breaking new ground <laughs> exactly computer failure. that error code has never been launched ever <laughs> so that's stressful that that's always scary my wife has seen yeah. me like oh like i age dramatically with every video right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and she's just seen me like completely freak out when like the last minute it, it'll be like the last red that like the video is coming out the following day, and like uh -huh. nothing works. Like I render the video for the last time, and like the computer just decided to swap out half the footage with other unusable footage. And you're like, I don't even, <laughs> like I don't even understand the problem. <laughs> like I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, well, <clears throat> no, I mean that's I can imagine that's what I'd be going through, and that's you know exactly why the, sitting down to paint probably like yeah exactly uh, just a sigh of relief you know <laughs> right. you know how to handle this part of it at least you know? right no painting is very i mean don't get me wrong i mean i have really 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 bad sad days in the studio where i really don't like well, me yeah. um we all have that but <laughs> yeah. i feel like i don't know even just the way i paint you know it's like and you paint very similar um you know that's sort of what people call window shading sort of finishing as mm -hmm. you go like to me, even though it looks kind of freaky to, and, and it feels a little disconcerting to not have a context and all those things that a person might feel sort of nervous about painting in that method, to me it's like mm -hmm. the most comforting because you're never really doing that much. Like you're just putting down the next little brush stroke, which very rarely is going to change much in terms right. of its value or you know its color property. So yeah. like I feel like moment to moment, I'm never having to do that much. It's like always. I'm just now going to darken it down a little. And then I do that. And then the next thing I yeah. do is I darken it down a little more. So I never really feel like I'm doing stressful things when I'm painting. Right. Hey, man, um, somebody's ringing the doorbell. Oh, well, we'll just cut. We'll edit it, right? I mean, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on just a minute. Um. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. I cable guys here to uh, bury the line in the backyard. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> you should have had them on. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's my fault. I put a lock on the. 
I put a lock on the gate. If I, oh, he could have okay. just walked back there, it's totally my fault. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, where were we? Where were we talking about? Uh, I mean, it's probably You're talking for the about best, editing honestly. The video? I, yeah, I went in a really ridiculous direction with everything, so it's probably better that this happened. <laughs> whatever you want to talk about now. Uh, okay, so what I want to talk about next is um, I, we were texting the other day. I don't remember about what, but you said, uh, can't talk now. I got a model. Um, so can you tell everybody what um, what project you were working on there? I mean, that I was mostly just trying to get out of the phone call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. but, uh, All right, so now I know that that's code for Scott doesn't want to talk right Yeah, now. that's code from Scott's tracing photographs. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. no, yeah, I'm working on, I was, uh, I, I'm working with two different people right now. Um, I'm working with one person, um, I'm working with, I've worked with her a lot. Um, I'm working on, uh, painting for, uh, my new video. The new video, uh, is going to have two different paintings. Um, and so one's going to be of her, and then I'm, I'm working on another project with her um, that's going to, it's just, I, I guess it's just for me, since I don't have any intention of sending it to a gallery, but uh-huh. it's a painting, um, and I'm excited about it. Um, I'm, I posted an image um, on Instagram yesterday, which for, I don't know when people will be listening to this, but that was, uh, what, what was yesterday? Yesterday was the yesterday 17th was of August. 17th. Yeah. So if you go to my Instagram feed, um, that's and you see that image on that day, um, that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm working on. I'm working on a, uh, it's a Cleopatra painting. I mean, which sounds really cliche, I guess. Um, but well, I don't think there's a whole lot of that going on today. Not now, right? No, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. sort of. It was kind of a genre in of itself. It seems like, which I mean, I love some of those paintings. I mean, they're amazing. And mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't even setting out to do this. I had all these other ideas that I was kind of cooking up. Um, different sort of themes, content, or whatever. And then um, I was working with her, and and she's so great. Like, you know, I've really learned with models over the years to just, you know, when you get a good one, it's really yeah. creative. Um, and I just I try not to even really pose them anymore unless I have a really specific idea. And she's a great lesson in that because. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll just like put her in, you know, these poses that I think are going to be like whatever I want. And, you know, they, they look fine. It's not like she's bad at sort of taking direction. But then, like, I'll just be like, you know, I just do something. Do, like, whatever, like, you want to do. Yeah, no, and, I've noticed that those those poses of stuff that you've posted recently are, are I mean, they're just really nice. And it's, it's her. not something I ever would have put a model in, no, you know. She does yeah. it. She's And she wants the challenge. You know, we've had a lot of, I know, teaching at GCA over the years, um, just so many models in that environment that love that challenge. Uh, really? difficult poses um, that, you know, that, that's always exciting. Like Santiago there now and uh, John Forkner in the in the past. I, I think he's posing there again, too. Um, but, you yeah. know, people like that. And so um, that's really exciting when you have people that really want that sort of challenge of holding a pose or yeah, doing something that's, that's really aesthetically beautiful. Anyway, so she's brilliant. And so this is a, it's a simple pose. And, you know, I had nothing in mind. I was going to just do another one of my sort of drawings that I've been kind of into this year. You know, I wasn't even really going to do a painting, and I just saw this pose and and was kind of sketching, and I was like, oh, man, this is so exciting. Like, I just felt like a narrative just, like, sort of revealed itself around her in my imagination. Oh, that's awesome. And I just, I I didn't even have, like, Cleopatra in mind. Like, I I was going to do, like, like, I just wanted to do something. Like, I wanted her to sit on a throne. (laughs) Like, I just, Uh I saw throne. (laughs) I saw, like, her gaze. Like, it looked like she was looking down in something in judgment or Something like that. I don't really know. It like looked like yeah. she was sitting in some kind of seat of power. I don't know. 
and I was going to do something like obscure from antiquity. And then I just, I sort of learned my lesson with that. Like I had done a painting of like Gyges or something ridiculous from Herodotus. Yeah. And and like, I don't know. I just was like, maybe I'll just sort of do something that's a little bit more like recognizable. Um, Yeah. So I just sort of did that. And I don't know, like from the historical Cleopatra, when you read descriptions of like the Ptolemies and all that, like, I don't think they really like, she probably wouldn't have looked like um, who I'm working with right now, but this is yeah. sort of like, you know, an interpretation. And sure. so, yeah, it's fun. It's big, too. I, I mean, I, like, her head is just under life size, so I'm excited about that because I usually work a little smaller, and, and it's been fun to kind of go in there and really have a lot of room to paint form. It's daunting, as you know, um, yeah. to yeah. cover, a, like, a big cheek that's, like, fully lit that's, like, huge. But um, yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, it's I'm really – I'm really getting into it, and and when I'm really into it, um, I you know, as you know, I mean, yeah, you it's exciting better. for everyone. Yeah. yeah, sure. So, what what size is this painting? Uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't ever retain that. Do you ever have uh, that? Like, I have, I can never hold on to that information for more than like a couple seconds. Like whenever <laughs> I'm like filling something out, if like I'm shipping it somewhere, yeah, or yeah. it's going to be in a catalog or something, <laughs> like I'm always like I'm always like pulling it off the wall. Right. Like like looking at the stretcher bars or whatever. Yeah, um, I'm always peeling back the uh, exactly peeling back the canvas on the back. Oh. Yeah, and then it's the worst when like you like stretch the canvas on the wrong side, so you covered up the numbers. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's I think it's um it's got to be like I think like 38 by something like something smaller. So the the long dimension is 38. So it's really tall. Yeah, I guess okay. in that picture I posted, you could only it's a detail, but it's a very uh-huh. tall painting, kind of narrow. And you see like a couple pillars and, and things like that. So yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. I, I do, I'm doing the same stupid thing I always do where I just like paint the face, get really excited, and then I have to paint. <laughs> like it only occupies like a small square inch, you know, up, up area on the whole thing. And then I have to paint the rest of it, which I'm like remarkably less interested in. But yeah, that's yeah. most of her figure and it. it goes down to her like, you know, she's seated and she goes down to her like, uh, her legs are covered by the goose and it goes down to her knees. But it has her cool. arms and hands, so I'm excited. But it's yeah. a big, like another multi-figure piece, right? Well, it only has one figure. It has a statue in the background. Okay. It's a figure right. and a statue, but it's gonna be the background's gonna be really dark, really dark. Cool. Um, so uh, you know, you'll see that sort of. But um, it's gonna basically be a single finger, finger, a si- single figure. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's gonna be a narrative, and um, but it's gonna be a really awesomely painted finger. It's gonna be the best finger. Yes, it, yeah. yeah. I call it a finger painting because I'm gonna really emphasize <laughs> her index finger. That's gonna be the theme. Uh, so it is a finger painting. Awesome. So you mentioned um, it's not going to a gallery. Let's get let's talk about that for a minute because you have, I think, one of the most um, unique kind of business models for for artists that are working today. Um, and part of that is that you're not going through galleries anymore and you're you're kind of focusing on the painting and making the videos. Um, I'll shut up about that now and let you kind of talk um, about that. How, how did that all kind of develop? Yeah, I mean, it kind of, you know, obviously just sort of developed organically, I guess. Um, you know, I worked with galleries yeah. for, for, yeah, and for you a had, long time. You had like some pretty good success, right? Yeah, I mean, it started out that way. I mean, I, I think... You know, like I said earlier in the conversation, I had finished my studies in 2006, and so by the end of that year, I think, um, you know, I got into a gallery, and, uh, and so from that, that point, you know, through 2007, and do, you know, um, uh, most of the first, you know, seven or eight months of 
2008, you know, things were really successful. I, I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, this is great. I mean, this is, you know, of course, this is what I want to do, and um, yeah. this is how I want to do it. Um, and then, of course, you know, things changed in, in 2008, and, and, and things have changed since too. It hasn't just remained in that state either. And, and you know, I have many yeah. friends who have success selling in the art world. It's, it's um, so it's, it's ever changing. But for me, that was um, that was alarming. I mean. You know, to go from where I was just sort of making these paintings and uh, selling them, and then and then having that sort of fallout um, from underneath um, mm -hmm. because something I can't control changed, and I, I you know I know I can't control things in the way I'm doing them now entirely either, um, but yeah. uh, but well, it changed. I'm oh, sorry, were you going to say something? No, well, I mean, I was just going to say like that is so difficult. I feel like it, just the whole gallery thing, we have very little control, um, and you know. Right. I think you, when you are directly making a product and and you know, much more directly selling it, you know you you do have a lot more control. But of course, you know you can never guarantee anybody's going to buy anything well, right. you do. I guess yeah. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, but there are smarter plans and not so smart plans that you can sort of <laughs> compare. Like nothing's guaranteed or absolute. But, you know, some stuff seems like a bad deal and some stuff seems like a pretty good deal. Um, right. And I kind of yeah. got started to feel like the gallery the system, the way it worked, the way my experience went was that it was kind of a bad deal. <laughs> like, wasn't the kind of thing yeah. that I wanted to do. And I don't have any bad will, uh, you know, sort of negative feelings about the gallery I worked with specifically. A lot of things went nicely and I had a nice relationships um you know, with some, some of the people there. And so it's not like I'm, you know, whatever, but, um, and I also don't have a lot of experience across. I haven't worked with a whole lot of different galleries. I sort of worked with, uh, a couple specifically, and then I worked in group shows and different things like that over the years. Um, but mm -hmm. it just didn't seem like, it just didn't seem like the like best arrangement. Um, and, yeah. um, I guess, when everything sort of changed, when, when I went from having a couple of years there of selling things really well and sort of feeling like it was going to be a sustainable, sort of stable thing, and then having yeah. it change, I started to really take stock of like what I had really gotten out of the experience so far. And mm -hmm. I realized I didn't know who any of my collectors were. I didn't know who anybody yeah. was that bought a painting. <clears throat> like I met one guy at my show, mm -hmm. and but like, and I, I'm sure I could have done more to, to yeah. connect with them, but it felt like the part of the arrangement was that I was going to sort of be kept out of that loop because that was the gallery's asset. And that makes sense. I understand why they'd be incentive by to sort of have that arrangement. And so yeah. that was troubling because then I realized how dependent I was on them. And then I just started having yeah. this really bad, gross relationship with them where I paint things and they were trying to keep me very optimistic and just, you know, paint all this, you know, whatever, like, you know, right. and like whatever, like, ideas they might have about the content, which is fine because they're the ones interfacing with the customer. So they would mm -hmm. have that information, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that gap between myself and the customer. I didn't feel yeah. like I, they were faceless. I didn't know who they were. I didn't interact with them. Right. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand who I was selling to. I was selling to the gallery. And Well, yeah, and you feel like if you can talk to the client, you know, you could actually get to what they want and you could actually oh. sort of say, you know, talk to them about what you want to do. Also, there could be like a little back and forth, you know. Maybe, yeah, right. Uh, you know, I don't know. No, it's not. I mean, it's very true. Like, it, yeah. absolutely. I mean, any any kind of information that you could get from right. them to make them an understandable thing. Um, right. But to me, I didn't understand it. And because I'm an artist and we look at. 
I'm not saying that there, there aren't clients out there that are also artists and wouldn't have the same sensibilities, but by and large, the kind of feedback I get would be sort of that you get from galleries and, um, you know, supposedly from clients would be different than what I get from artists. And nowadays, I, I mean, I really feel like that's very obvious, right? So we have, yeah. we have our social media worlds that we interact in and they're right. popular, you know, our, our followers, our friends are populated by fellow artists. And the kind of feedback you get from them, the things that they're most excited about are, you know, different than, say, what, you know, you sort of get from the average sort of collector world um, mm-hmm. or, or what you the feedback you'd get from, you know, a gallery, I guess. Um, yeah. But I've like, for, for example, like, I mean, I remember just being like, so I get feedback from my gallery and I'm not blaming them for this. Like, I understand why they would feel this way. Um, mm-hmm. but they would say something like, like I'd give them a painting and it was some painting that I worked on really hard. Um, and right. I gave it to them and, uh, they, they were like, Oh, that's great. It's awesome. Um, you know, we're going to put it out in whatever, um, gallery space. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, a couple months would go by and, and they wouldn't, um, sell it. And then I'd get feedback from them that would be, you know, the kind of thing they were hearing from, you know, collectors or people coming in the gallery that they didn't, mm. they, they liked the painting, they didn't like the hands or feet or something like that, right? And this is an actual story, right? So they didn't like the hands or feet. Yeah. And so the gallery's solution was, can you just not paint hands and feet, you know, uh. for a while? <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's let this blow over. <laughs> and so you get better. Exactly. Yeah. Let it blow over. Um, and so I'm kind of like, well, that's like that, that oh. as a business, like is not like this is just not reinforcing like the things that I value. Like it's not. Yeah. So I'm gonna go and I, you know, so I was like making sure that everybody was like seated in a boat, no visible feet, like their hands were like sort of dangling down below the sides of the boat. Whatever I could do to keep these hands yeah. and feet out. So now I'm like doing these paintings. And like in a way that I don't want to do, and and so. Well, it just really sucks to have to take those kind of things into consideration when you just want to make the painting you want to make, and then you go, right. oh no, I gotta, I gotta hide the feet, I gotta. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 also, I was just sort of turning like two other kinds of things were happening a lot, like where I was just like, I wasn't sitting there thinking like, oh, you know, I'm gonna try really hard to make this incredible painting. And, you know, try to push the limits of, you know, form and my process and technique or whatever, which are the things I value, the things I'm most interested in. Not that I don't want to have content in my paintings, not that I don't feel like that is important as well. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. why I'm doing Cleopatra. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. you know, I'm not really happy if the painting's bad. Um, like, that just doesn't make me happy. Um, and so... Um, so, I, but then I started finding myself being like, oh man, you know, I'm going to just, you know, paint this because this will definitely sell this season in this location. And, yeah. and, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a, it's fine. But I mean, honestly, and I say this with the experience of having done it, you know, because mm-hmm. when I was getting into a gallery, when I was, you know, after I got done studying the first few years, I worked in a little, um, a locally owned bookstore, a wonderful bookstore, awesome people. I loved, I loved it. But, but it was yeah. still like a job that I did for, you know, it wasn't very high pay, obviously. And, you know, I was doing that like 30 hours a week and then just trying to paint a lot in, in, yeah. in the remainder of the week. And honestly, I swear this is, I mean, if you gave me this choice, this might not sound believable, but if you gave <laughs> me the choice of continuing to do 
those kinds of paintings where I was sort of just trying to do whatever I thought the market would want and during a certain yeah. season in a certain location, yeah. you gave me that option. Or you said, go, you can go work in this bookstore. Like, I would pick the bookstore. Like, I right. would honestly just rather kind of do that because there's just something yeah. so, like, I, I don't know, painting, and I don't, I, and this is going to sound like this, like, really lame thing, but it, there's something sacred about it to me. I mean, it's yeah. so, like, art, like, I've just been doing it my whole life, and I just feel, like, awful when I'm not doing the things that I personally care about. Um, yeah. And so I guess I just sort of got a little disenchanted in that respect. Um, and then there was this, just the um, just the sense that it wasn't good business. Like, again, going back to the idea that I just didn't feel like yeah. I, under, I didn't understand the market. And, and what I do understand is I understand, uh, just generally, I mean, I feel like I understand um, people who want to learn how to be better at art. <laughs> that's right. something that makes sense to me because that's me. Sure. And that was, yeah. that was me when I was a student, certainly, but it, continue, it will always be me. And right. so that I feel like I can I, – I, I started to just realize how I could do that so much better. Um, and also the mm. fact that, like, I felt like the things I would care about, like getting really good at painting hands. If I'm bad right. at hands, I don't just, like, like you said, like I don't just wait for it to blow over. I go right. and get really good at painting hands. <clears throat> and that, that seemed kind of exciting. And, and so – but it wasn't like a master plan. It wasn't like I was sitting there thinking, like, well – let okay. me do this. Like, I just started doing the videos. I did, as, as you know, I mean, I did a bunch of them for free, like little webisodes. And yeah, I, the webisodes are huge. They were so exciting. Yeah, it was really fun. I, I mean, I honestly wish I could go back and do it now, but, like, you had to pay your mortgage every month. <laughs> like, you all have right. to do all these things. Um, like, you have to feed your kids. So I have to do, like, stuff that makes money. Um, but um, I would love to um, – go back and, and, and make some of that free content again because it's just really fun to share that kind of stuff um, and uh, and also just not sort of, I don't know, feel like people well, so, have to go. go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, no, please, I'm so what, where You know, where were you when, I mean, what what was going on when you made, like, the first webisode? Were you still working at the bookstore? I mean, because, no. you know, you had – you know, you had kids at that point too, right? I mean, you still had a mortgage to pay and everything, but you know, so what? What was happening? Yeah, uh, let me think. Okay, so yeah, I made mean, my first. We this was actually before we bought our house, so we were still renters. Okay. Um, so not as much quite on the line, I guess. Um, in that yeah. respect, not that renters don't. Have, I don't mean it like that. I guess I just sort of mean like <laughs> you know, we we weren't even sure we wanted to move anyway, so like um, right. I didn't feel like now it's like. You know, I have to pay it every month. Like, it's, there's no, like, renter's rights or, like, eviction. Like, I don't want to get like, – I just feel, like, <laughs> more pressure in that respect. Um, in any event, sorry. Uh, so, okay. yeah, we were living in this house, and um, we're renting. And um, But I was teaching at GCA. GCA, my, yeah. I'm kind of leaving that out of the whole equation here. Me getting the teaching job um, down at Grand Central Academy in New York, mm-hmm. um, and uh, – uh, by the way, I just uh, I live in Rhode Island, um, but I uh, commute to New York City, um, you know, once a week to teach at um, at the school down there, and um, that happened in like 2007-ish, um, I think. Or I taught a workshop in 2007 and became part of the core in 2008. So that was sort of actually what um, led me to uh, leave the bookstore was that I was going to okay. start doing that, and oh, okay. uh, cool. and so that sort of replaced that income. And, um, right. But so so I wasn't as in. You know, because of that, I had that teaching income, and I was selling paintings. I was doing commissions at that time. I was still, I was still in the gallery. It just things weren't like selling, 
you know, okay, that's as right. regularly, yeah. but I was still selling paintings. So I was selling paintings. I was doing commissions. I remember doing a number of commissions during that period, portrait commissions and things like that. Um, and so, oh, cool. yeah, I didn't have anything. There was no plan to make money with the video. I had no idea that, oh, this will turn into like full length videos. I'll, I'll eventually sell. Uh-huh. Um, I really just did it because um, I, you know, used to be a filmmaker. I went to school to study film. Um, I made a bunch of short films. And um, when I was younger, and I really just wanted to kind of edit again and make something fun. And the oh, first cool. episode I made was actually just sort of an experiment. Like I just filmed some stuff, and I just I had no real idea that I was going to put it out there. And it wasn't until I finished editing it that I was like, all right, I'll, you know. But you know, I'm, I'm oh, cool. so scared every time I put anything out there in the world, even like an Instagram post. I'm always like, oh, you're going to hate it. <laughs> yeah, um, no, you're you're take. I feel like I'm taking a chance every time. Right, like, like you're going to gamble. Total like, humiliation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. your career just falls apart. <laughs> like it feels that way. It's so stupid, I but know. it feels that way. Or if like you get like. If you get like three quarters the number of likes you got in the last post, you're like, oh yeah, man, this yeah, is just yeah. downhill. Then <laughs> what happened? Yeah. What did I do wrong? I peaked yeah. on August seventh when I posted that one. Now it's. <sighs> but... I'm so happy when I got my first like over a hundred likes on on an Instagram. It's piece. weird those milestones, aren't they? Like you're just yeah. like like I, yeah, it's so weird. I mean, ultimately, I don't know what it means. Probably really nothing because I don't think collectors are looking at that stuff. But no, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think certain kinds of people are. I mean, I think that it's always been great for me and and because for selling videos because oh, right. videos are yeah, low yeah, cost yeah. things you can download right away, so it can convert right. reasonably well. You can yeah. um you know put a, something up that you're working on, and if people get excited about it, that's more traffic. If you have more traffic on your website where you're, you know, selling these things, these goods that people can, you know, um, purchase automatically and, and download, yeah. then, you know, you're going to have a certain conversion rate. And so um, that's just numbers there, and that works well. But um, I feel like... Well, yeah, I mean, the part of that, sorry to jump in, but that, I mean, that's why what what you're doing is so awesome, because you're offering... Yeah, that is convertible. I mean, all right. of those people kind of on your Instagram and on your Facebook, they don't have to be collectors. They can afford $30 for one of for right. one of your videos and now you're making money. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, I could I could get 5,000 likes on an Instagram photo, but none of those people are going to buy that painting for, you know, $4,000, $5,000 whatever, most likely. I mean, yeah, there's still a chance, but I think that like counting on that is, you know, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't um I don't think there's like a uh, as functional of a ratio there as there right, might be for right. low cost things. And so I think that um I think that's true. I mean, well, we've had that you and I have had that experience when you know, we post about like a workshop, right? Cuz a workshop obviously isn't is not a low cost thing. It's not as expensive as a painting, right. but you're talking about, you know, someone spending $600 to take off a of work for a week and pay okay. at least that much in hotel and then mm-hmm. that again in airfare. Right, so yeah. you're talking about at least you know yeah. like a fifteen hundred, two thousand dollar, right, you know, right, the product. I mean, all when all is said and done, and so yeah, you don't you know, so you might go put a post on Instagram, get a bunch of likes, and sell you know a certain number of videos, but you're probably you know I don't know it doesn't seem to convert to workshop sales or uh, painting sales. I have I have sold paintings um, through Facebook before. Um, oh, really? But they've only been small. Like I don't think I've ever sold anything yeah. for more than a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, which would be a lot of. I mean, that's a lot of money to me. I mean, I'm not going and buying two thousand dollar paintings. Um, so, 
Yeah, sure. That actually yeah, that reminded me of something. Can I go back? I wanted to share this story. Yeah, of course. This was something that was kind of it's kind of silly. I mean, I, this might sound like I'm kind of blowing up one experience, and and nobody was being malicious in it, but it was something that disturbed <laughs> me during my whole sort of transitional phase of like kind of working away from the galleries uh-huh. and just selling artwork to people. Um, is that I and I don't I don't sell artwork to people anymore. Like I actually made an absolute decision. Right now, I'm not saying that won't change. I don't want. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just wow. made a decision. I said I'm not going to sell artwork, and I'm not saying that people are beating down my doors asking for artwork, like right. they're not. But like, I have literally had instances where I'm just like, no, and it's it's hard because wow. when it comes down to it, you're like, this is stupid that I'm not doing this. Yeah. But I also just decided that like just knowing me. I'm not saying this is good advice to anyone. This is awful advice. <laughs> like, don't do it. But for me, it made sense because I was just like, I can't. I'll just be too tantalized by it because, you know, the checks are big uh, when you sell a painting. <laughs> but, yeah. like, but you have to smooth yeah. that income out. You have to spread it out. You have to think about how it took you four months to make it and how right. much it cost you to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I just decided I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to do this other thing, and I'm going to do this other thing, and I'm going to do it, try to do it as well as I can. Well, so even if, if – so you've got you know, some paintings you've done hanging up on the wall. Somebody calls you and says, Scott, I want that. I really want that whaling painting. Right. You're, you're saying no? I say no. I mean, I swear. <laughs> I, oh, wow. I say okay. no. I, I mean, I've um, donated a painting. I'd be more likely to give it to someone. Okay. Um, I donated a well, painting. Well, why? I guess, I guess I'm not really following. Why? I don't really know. It's psychological. Okay. It's, um, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to do that thing. Um, uh, no, I don't just, re- just that, that exchange, just someone giving you... I don't know what money. it is. I'm sure it all boils down to, like, a massive ego that is, like, in this, like, fragile state, and somehow that, like, makes me feel weird about myself. I'm sure it comes uh-huh. down to that. Like I, yeah, you I'm know, but um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's like I don't want to. Ju- I just I decided not to do that, and I also just wanted to see what would happen. Like I guess, uh-huh. like I, because I feel like I made the other part of my business functional, and I yeah. like it. And I'm excited about that, and I look at that as a business. I'm, yeah. and, and I also feel like I, I also just feel like I don't want to get into a mode where I'm trying to sell paintings. Like I don't want that to enter into my head anymore. Like I don't like yeah. it, and I don't feel I'm so insecure about my paintings. And I never feel like I can sell them. Like, I don't want to. Um, and and so I guess I just don't feel like I could, I, I'll be very good at it. And yet I do feel confident about selling my teaching materials, uh, which yeah. I guess it's sort of ironic because if I feel bad about my paintings. But I do feel like I, I've learned some things, and I feel like um, I can articulate things reasonably well, like my thought process reasonably well. Whether it's a good thought process or not, I don't know. But I, I'm comfortable talking about it. And I know that certain things, you know, I've learned over the years have made me more effective in the studio. And so I feel very confident selling that. And I can really contrast that to how I feel about my painting. It's so deeply troubling to me, like putting a number value on my painting um, in either direction. I feel weird in both directions. I feel stupid that they're expensive, and I feel awful that they'd be not expensive. Like, I don't know. I I just feel so complex about it. Yeah. I go through the same thing, I, you know, and I think about, wow, somebody's going to spend thousands of dollars for this little thing that just hangs on the wall. Right. And it's not, it's not functional other than, I mean, it has a very, you know, very high spiritual value, um, but, you know, it doesn't function as anything. It doesn't like, right. um, you know, but then, of course, you've got to 
you have to have that price high because you spent so much time well, on it. Right. You have so much specialized skill. Exactly. It's, it's such a unique thing in the world. I mean, every, uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you're right. I mean, everybody yeah. we know, like, you know, we look at their paintings and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And whenever you talk to them and find out how many hours they spent and the math they, you know, figured out that they're yeah. making way yeah. less than minimum wage. And right. So, so we're all working for about eight cents an hour. I think. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And or so, negative something. We're basically giving this stuff away. Exactly. And so, like, <laughs> it's just like you can price it and you can look at it from so many different angles when you price it. But yeah. I just feel I just feel weird about it. I feel sort of insecure about it. And I decided I just didn't want to lead my life right now like that. But I also yeah. just wanted to see what well, I also feel this other way, too, is that. I feel like my paintings, I feel like two different kinds of things about them. I either feel like they're so bad, I don't feel like anybody, like, like, I'm making the decision for people. You don't want this. Like, you don't want this. Uh, Believe me, or, man, you do not want yeah, this. Yeah, this isn't, this is, you should just have this or not at all. Like, no money. Uh, or I feel like I really like it or it means something to me and I just want it. Like, I've had paintings, yeah. I have paintings right now. They're not in display around my house. Like they're in a guest bedroom uh, downstairs. We've had this conversation. I love that they're all they're all just in there hiding somewhere. They're all, yeah, they're all, you go into my house and like there's not one painting, you know, by anyone uh, at all, right? And then like you go down to this guest bedroom in my house and there's just like all these big paintings and big expensive frames. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, but I was so glad to get some of them back. And I missed them. Yeah, I know <laughs> and, that like, feeling. Like, yeah. and so I just, I, I don't know. And like the one I'm doing now, like, I mean, I barely start, I'm, you know, started on it, but I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't want you to go anywhere. Like, I want you to stay here. Uh, and then I also feel like, too, like I was remember listening to James Gurney's podcast on um, suggested donations. Yeah, and, that was a great one. Yeah, it was. And I remember him talking about his, I can't quote anything here. I, I'm, this is probably all not going to be accurate information, but um, just something, you know, him having his traveling shows. And I think that because he was doing a lot of, you know, his artwork for, uh, for print, you know, for his book, um, right. the Dinotopia books, that, you know, he hung on to the artwork over the years. And now you look at him and he's got these, like, shows going around. Yeah. And these museums and stuff. No, I'm not ever going to meet James Gurney and have that kind of reputation. Everybody in the world knows uh, Dinotopia. So I'm sure I won't have access to these museums. But it's nice to think that I'd have, like, this body of work that I could do something with. Right. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, definitely. And so... Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, it, it's a great thing, you know, if you're selling your paintings and you don't, you know, you don't have anything around because they're selling, you know. But, right. But then the other thing is, like, you know... Yeah, we're making these things that we, you know, want to be beautiful and we, you know, we're such a we're such obviously visual people and it's so sad to see them go right. and just kind of like you're sitting there in your studio with like, well, I have this block in that I did yesterday, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And um yeah, and then where do they go? This is that what I was going to say earlier. I'm sorry I keep getting yeah. off track, but I just real quick no, squeeze this in. That was a, the, the other thing that kind of disappointed me. Like I remember getting contacted by this woman, and again, she wasn't being malicious. She was she was being nice about it all. Uh huh. Um, but uh, she was one of those collectors that I didn't know. I didn't know by name or or um right. uh, anything. And um, they had bought the, you know a number of my she and her husband had bought a number of my paintings. Um, through the gallery at some point, and then um, she contacted me. The whole story was sad, much more much more tragic for her than me in this whole scenario. Um, okay. You know, she was going through a divorce, 
And yeah. she contacted me because um, I guess her husband had decided to buy the paintings, and she didn't really want them. And I don't know where he was at this point, but she yeah. said they were just – they had been sitting in storage down in their basement. Oh, and yes. she was like, wanted to know if I could buy them uh, all back. Uh, well, like, uh, a, I was like, these paintings. Buy them back? Right. Well, I was like, first of all, like, I'm really sad that I painted those for a long uh, time. And then yeah. they're just in your basement. Right. And, and, I mean, all my paintings are in my basement, too, but they're on a wall. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but they're, they're in your basement, like, like filed away. And then oh. you think that I, I mean, I can't afford these paintings. Like, I can't yeah, buy them back. Not... <laughs> buy them back? I was just like, so like, cause I was just like, oh, like, I'm visualizing my paintings in these like beautiful rooms and people are like yeah. having Christmas dinner looking over at it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> they're not, they're yeah. not. Although this one guy, he's like one of the only collectors in that period of time I met. He had bought that one painting I did of uh, called Rubicon and that bald guy with the harpoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he said he just put it in the stairway, going towards his like daughter's bedrooms. And I was like, that's like the creepiest thing to like have to look at for them going to bed. <laughs> poor girl. He's <laughs> just like like really like scary looking harpooner. <laughs> oh. Uh, do you still have that painting, uh, the crow's nest? No, that's the one. I don't. Um, that's in Europe oh, I love somewhere. That painting. Thanks. Um, if, if you had a painting that you would give away, I would take that one. Like, <laughs> I would give it to. You. I would. Give I it would to spare you. you the indignity of of giving you money for that. Thank and, you. No, I and would let you give that to me. I would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I would. I'd appreciate. I. I should. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Because <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to have a bunch of emails. Um, but uh, I. Uh, that painting, though, it's funny. So, uh, crow's nest. Um, it's on my yeah. website. Um, it's a guy standing in a crow's nest. It's a really big painting. It's like oh, almost like I mean, I don't know if it's quite life size, but it's really tall. It's like 40, 50 inches tall. Um, and uh, that is the painting for those interested. And it's sold, so it's still sold even though this happened. That's the painting yeah. that I got the feedback apparently over a whole season at my gallery of people saying that the feet and the hands are horrible. So, um, my God. but you know, what's funny about that foot. That's the story. I don't know if you ever heard me tell this story. When I drew that foot, I was like, like staring at his foot, you know? And, yeah. um, I was like trying so hard to like draw it accurately. And I was doing shape by shape, you know, uh -huh. form by form. I was like refining the block in and then like, did I ever tell you the story? Then all of a sudden I got to like, you know, I went from one toe to the so. next and all of a sudden I uh -huh. sat back or like oh. he was gone for the day, or I, it was later in the day, and I looked <laughs> at it, and there were, I drew six toes. Oh no! And so, um, and I was like convinced. I was like talking to my wife Kristen all night about how he probably has six toes. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't have drawn that wrong. Oh, I swear, I was like. No, that. but he had five. So, so oh, I think no. that like the foot ended up bad because I had to take a toe out, and then and then, <laughs> and then did then you enlarge all, the other, all the other toes? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. and I was drawing it small. I mean, I was drawing it. I used to do that. I used to draw like that drawing. I did like so tiny, like an eight and a half yeah. by eleven paper or something. Oh and, wow! Well, I mean, I, I might have been a little bigger, like a nine by twelve drawing Strathmore drawing pad. And yeah. uh, but then I blew it up to you know forty inches by forty six inches by whatever. 
Uh-huh. So, um, and then do you have to kind of go in and, and adjust some things after you blow it up like that? Or? I definitely do now. I don't remember what I did yeah. on that one, um, but I, I definitely do now. Um, but I also don't blow up that much um, now. I mean, I do, don't get me wrong, but I don't blow up like yeah. 400%, you know, or whatever, like insane yeah. amount anymore. I mean, I try to draw a little closer to the actual scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's not quite as quite as big of a problem um i learned that really bad i mean that's like that gaiji's painting that one i mean which i really like the portrait one of the portraits in there i like some other aspects but the whole painting is just horrible i mean i have it upside down in my studio i love that portrait of him i really do i mean i really like it i yeah. real life i look at it because the surface is really nice to the you know paint and everything but like the yeah. painting is just like but like i look back at the <laughs> i looked at it recently the drawing i did for preparation on that was uh-huh. so insanely stupid and bad, um, and like in like really undeveloped, and like the persp- I didn't understand perspective at all, like really then like and I was like, you know I had a small studio at the time, really small studio, this yeah. was a long time ago, and you know I've got two figures and I'm like one figure's length away from them, so like it's you know I'm like literally looking at the floor to look at their feet and then craning my neck to look at their head. And then yeah. I somehow think that's going to go onto one sheet of paper without any distortion. <laughs> and so, but I just did it. And then, yeah. like, and I drew it, like, I drew it so, the original drawing is so small. And then I blew it up to life-size figures. And, like, I had that <laughs> fundamental perspective issue. And so now it's, like, so disturbing when you look at it. Like, you don't feel like you're looking at a flat surface. You look like you're looking at a, you feel like in person because it's such a big canvas. You feel yeah. like you're looking into some kind of like concave funhouse mirror, like it's so <laughs> weird. Anyway, I'm sure it looks better upside down. Too. Oh my gosh, yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> That's always like if you take a workshop with me and you notice me during the breaks, um, and my paintings upside down on my easel, it's because uh-huh. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> I hate it. I just I don't want anybody to be able to see it clearly. <laughs> Oh man. Well, Scott, let's I guess we should probably wrap it up here. Um thank you again so much for being uh my very first guest. It's been awesome talking to you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I definitely uh loved being on here. Um so go ahead and give everybody your uh Instagram and Facebook and website information. Oh, uh if they're not already following probably you, the follow easiest you. way is just go to my um website which you could just google my name Scott Waddell W A A D D E L L and you'll find my website it's uh scottwaddellfineart.com and then the easiest way to connect to those other things is when you get to my website um in the upper right hand corner you'll see the social media icons for Facebook uh YouTube um YouTube's good to sort of follow me on I I don't post up there that often but that's you know where my preview goes for a new video that I have out mm-hmm. and then my Instagram is on there as well. So you can connect everything through my website. Okay. Awesome. And um yeah, go everybody go watch Scott's webisodes, buy his videos. They're awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. <clears throat> for sure. Um all right man. Well thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Cool man. See ya. Bye. Okay. Hi everybody. I'm back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, I thought I would give my kind of Jerry Springer style final thoughts here. Um, I thought the the biggest takeaway uh, for me from the interview was where Scott's talking about how he's decided to um, stop selling paintings uh, 
through the gallery and directly um and, and like what an enviable position that is for an artist to be in um to to just focus on purely making the kind of paintings that excite you and that the kind of paintings you um you know sketched out in your sketchbook when you're 15 16 17 whatever you know when you were really excited about the prospect of being an an artist um for a living and um you know of course he's he's put himself in a financial position through selling the um instructional materials his videos um but i think even if we're not you know as stable as that financially we we still have to be focused on making those kinds of paintings that got us excited um in our younger years it's so easy i think when we um find ourselves as professional artists you know with bills to pay and mouths to feed it's it's so easy to fall into that uh trap of trying to think of what is going to sell what kind of paintings you know um can i do quickly and 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 what kind of paintings will sell um but but i think it's a really bad path to go down and um you know when scott was talking about the the fact that he would rather go back to work in the bookstore than um than than try to pander to the market um you know i th i think that's the right idea because i i think what was happening and not to put words in his mouth but what i imagine is happening is that uh you start to feel that um kind of a, a cynicism or a bitterness creep in to to sitting down and, and making paintings that that aren't the kind of stuff that you want to do and that that you think is just going to kind of pay the bills um and so it also made me think of Ayn Rand's idea of the moral being the practical um <clears throat> I guess conventional wisdom would be that you know the moral uh, would lead you to, you know, you just stick to your ideals and it leads to poverty. And the practical, well, you know, you're you're kind of a sellout, but, you know, you're making money. Um, and her idea is that the moral is the practical. And so I think as it would apply to artists here, um, that would be, that would mean kind of staying true to yourself and, you know, and putting your energy and making that work that really excites you and that's going to come through uh to the viewer and and it may not be something that's a huge commercial success but you're probably going to find an audience that resonates with that kind of work and and maybe not overnight but it's you know it should lead to um some amount of of financial stability which i think we all kind of uh, are looking for um especially early uh, the early part of our careers um okay so i i don't want to drone on here but those are my thoughts um yeah thank you all for listening and um send me feedback uh through email dannygrant79 at yahoo.com and thanks for listening i'll see you next time